Hi friends, welcome to another episode of James Talks. This is a special bonus episode, you're going to get these from time to time. I've recorded a lot of these in advance, especially the interviews, but some of them are going to be spontaneous and made up, and made up on, not made up on the spot, but stuff that's going on inside of me that I just feel I just have to get out. Um, and sometimes there'll be more than one episode a week, um, but not, not every week. In fact, most weeks they're probably just one, but some weeks there'll be more than one. And um, this is one of those ones. Um, this is only the second week of the podcast, and uh, already it's really, really going well, getting lots of good feedback. I'm really excited about it, and um, I'm really excited to share this all with you. It's just a new medium, it's a new challenge, and I just love doing new things. So... Um, this is really, really cool. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, um, you can find me on social media at jamesprescott77 on Instagram and Twitter, both of those, at jamesprescott77. And um, if you want to join my new Facebook group and get a free book, um, or you actually get two free books, and you get one when you... Sort of <laughs> um, if you subscribe to my blog, you will be sent an email with a free book to download called Dance of the Writer, which is about authentic writing and balancing that with the world of business and marketing. And But in that email, you will find a link to an exclusive Facebook group, um, which is my blog's Facebook group. And if you go to that Facebook group and you join, there'll be another brand new ebook there for you called Unlocking Creativity. And it's a bunch of free writing I did on creativity uh, last year during my blog sabbatical. And there's a lot of, literally, it's just free writing. It's me just pouring out stuff, things that just came out. Um, and it's amazing, the actual arc of it and how, it's, how it comes, becomes its own narrative. And there's a lot of, and how that, what, what I wrote down in that period has shaped a lot of what I've done since. And... Um, it's a great lesson. I think there's lots of lessons in there for people who um, maybe are struggling with writer's block or struggling to be authentic in their writing, who want to unlock their own voice and find their own voice. I think there's a lot in there for you to help you grow. So I've put that book together. You can buy it on Amazon if you want, but you can get it free if you sign up for my blog and then join the Facebook group. So and that Facebook group is going to be great. There's going to be some exclusive opportunities there, maybe for coaching for a few people. And uh, there's going to be exclusive material. There's going to be dialogue with me. It'll be a chance for you to share your work as well. So, and we're going to have community together. And that's what I really, really am passionate about. I believe we all grow in community. I believe it's really, really important to have community. Um, we weren't meant to do life alone. And that is true um, on loads of levels, it's on true on a scientific level, um, it's true on a um, spiritual level, we're not meant to do life alone, and we don't have to, so let's do this community thing, join up and get that book free, and connect with me there, uh, it'd be great to hear from you all, so um, just recently had a blog post go up, um, about, shall I share a bit of my story, a bit, it's a bit about suffering, a bit about um, how we need to face up to our own pain and confront it um, so that we can move through it and get healing and uh, move and, and move forward. Um, it's on my blog right now if you want to have a look at it. Um, I'd love you to, to take a look and read and leave comments, so feel free to do that. Um, 
So yeah, let's get on to today. And today, I'm just gonna. It's not gonna be a very long one, probably. Um, although you can never tell with the spontaneous ones. Um, I want to tell a story, really, or two stories. It's called the Good and the Bad Father. So there's two fathers. One father. He gives off the impression to the outside world that he has it all together. He has the great career, beautiful wife and lovely, lovely children. Does all the right things, follows all the right rules. His children are obedient. His children are well behaved. Everything on the surface appears totally fine. But underneath the surface, he's a strict disciplinarian. He sets his children insane rules, really strict rules, which he asks them to keep to the letter. And if they don't keep them, then he punishes them. He hits them, he abuses them, he gives them bruises, he hurts them, he shouts at them, he puts them down, he makes them feel like nothing. And tells them that they can't say anything to anybody or he'll do even worse things to them. He puts fear into them. So on the surface they look like they have it all, that they're all happy, but they're not. And the wife can't, wife is, his wife, he scares his wife, intimidates his wife to make sure that she keeps in line as well. And, and it's basically a mess under the surface. And it's pain and it's suffering and it's oppressive. And then there's another father. This father doesn't set rules and boundaries. He teaches his kids about values, certain values. He says, this is how we do things in our house. We're loving, we're forgiving, we're gracious, we're understanding. We We serve each other, we love each other. We do good to each other and to others. He doesn't put a set of rules in place. Just a set of values. When when his kids make mistakes, he doesn't punish them. He just sits down and talks to them and says, you're better than that. You know you're better than that. That's not how we do things around here. You know that. You know that you know that that's not a good thing to do. You know, now take responsibility for what you've done, make amends, and do things differently next next time. And that's the end of it. Oh, and by the way, he says, "I love you. I love you. I still love you. Yes, you've made a mistake. Yes, you need to take responsibility and make amends, but I love you just the same." doesn't make any difference. And I will not hurt you and I will not punish I will not punish you. I will not talk to you. You're always welcome here. No matter what you decide, when you grow up, whatever your decisions whatever decisions you make are your decisions and you take responsibility for them. And I will not judge you, I will not condemn you. I will not criticize you. I will always love you and I will always accept you. I'll give you advice when you need it, if you ask for it. 
I won't give you my opinion if you if you if you want to hear it. But I won't force my opinion on you, and I will not judge you, and I will not condemn you. You have responsibility for your life, and the outside world sees a family that maybe isn't perfect, doesn't always get everything right, but a place that is filled with love and joy and peace, a place that's honest and real and safe. Now, which of those homes would you rather be in? And it's not really a difficult question, is it? Um, you'd rather grow up in the second home, wouldn't you? And you'd rather be that kind of parent. If we see a child who's getting abused by their father or their mother, we say that parent has to go to jail or has to be punished or has to... Well, those children have to be taken out of that place to somewhere where they're going to be loved and where they're going to be safe and where they're not going to be in fear. Now, the reason I talk about these metaphors, these stories, is because, <clears throat> well, you probably won't be surprised where I'm going with this, but Sometimes I think a lot of Christians believe God is the first kind of father. Now, they don't say this on the surface. They dress it up in kind of soft, like, acceptable language, you know. Um, you know, God is, God is loving, God is good, God is kind, God is just, you know. Um, but then there's always, like, the kind of, well, you know, yeah, but he's also holy, and if you don't do what he says, then, then if you don't believe in him, if you don't follow, you're going to burn in hell. That's just how it is. God's holy. You know, how, how many times have you heard that? I hear that a lot. And the people who say it, they, you know, they don't mean, they don't mean it negatively. They don't mean it aggressively. They don't mean it cruelly. It's said in love, in a sense. These are good, loving, Christian, generous, kind people. But the God they're believing in, the God they're talking about is, when you take it, strip it down to what, what they're talking about, the God they're talking about is a God that says, on one hand, I love you. And on the other hand, says, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to condemn you to eternal torture in hell. For finite sins committed in a finite body in a finite period of time. If you don't believe the right theology, if you don't believe the right things and you don't live the right way, you don't do what I say, then you don't get to be with me. You don't get to have a relationship with me. You get to be tortured and burned for all of time. Does that really sound like a God that you want to follow? Is this really a God that we, we want to follow? I don't want to follow a God like that. I mean, do you? I think this is one of the things that drives people away from the church. <coughs> and I don't think a lot of Christians can see it. Because they don't even realise what they're talking about. They don't even realise this is what they're saying. Because, we don't, because, because a lot of the church doesn't like to talk about it. One of the reasons that Rob Bell's Love Wins book stirred up so much controversy was because it actually named the subject that everyone avoided talking about. 
And then people started talking about it because they didn't have any original ideas, so they all copied his idea and just responded to what he was doing. And they talked about this they talked about this God who is, oh yes, but he's loving and he's gracious, he's merciful, but he's also just and he's holy. And they use language like this to talk about God putting people in hell or people choosing hell and being burnt for all eternity. And That's not a God that I can follow. A God who can, a God who, and Jesus, didn't Jesus say, I don't condemn you? There is no, doesn't scripture say there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus? And doesn't scripture say that on the cross Jesus reconciled to himself all things? All things, and when the literal translation means all things. But yet we say that God sends people to hell. Now, I'm not going to talk about hell too much, but I believe that, firstly, there is hell on earth right now. There's hell on earth now that people choose for themselves. And I believe that people in the future, after we die, can choose hell. They can choose to be absent away from God. I don't believe it's God who sends us to hell. I believe that people choose it of their own violation. People choose it now. People will choose it in the future. But if we're talking about what happens after death, then we don't know, because none of us have died. Well, people that have died aren't here anymore. So we don't know exactly what happens. Maybe we don't need to know exactly what happens. And we'll talk about death in another podcast at some point. But I simply cannot believe in a God who just sends people to hell. A God who kind of doesn't about face. One minute is presenting to the world this loving, kind, generous, compassionate image and then turns around and says, if you don't believe in me, don't follow my rules, you're off to burn in hell forever. And it's this, it's, this, it's this contradictory nature of God that drives a lot of people away from God and it confuses people. And it's like, well, how can, how can you say that God is like this when he does this to people who don't believe in him or don't follow his rules? Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. And not only is this God just not believable, not not understandable, this is a God of violence. This is a God who believes that violence solves problems. Because what he because someone who condemns someone to eternal torture in hell is not a God of God not a God of non violence, is he? This is a God of violence. This is saying, if you don't do what I do, I will punish you. That's, that's, a, that's aggressive. A, a father who does that, basically it means that he's going to hit his children if they don't do what he says. This is, a sense, this is where this goes. You're saying that violence solves every problem. If you believe in this kind of God, you're essentially believing that violence solves every problem. And, it, and we all know that it doesn't. Jesus was not. Jesus was non-violent. Jesus preached non-violence. He lived non-violence. Violence leads to death. But a God who says, "I love you. I accept you. You're welcome, as you are." Even in the midst of your brokenness and your pain and your suffering, your disconnection from me, 
the ways that you lived that maybe you shouldn't have lived, the ways that are unhealthy, that the bad choices that you've made, I love you. You're accepted. You're welcome. You belong. You're forgiven. We're already forgiven. If we wait, Rob Bell talked about forgiveness in, on his podcast the other week. Yeah, he said something which which which, which was profound. It's, if we wait for people to ask for forgiveness, then we'll be carrying around that pain again, that anger and hurt against that person for the rest of our lives. Because some people might never ask for forgiveness. We can't wait for somebody to say sorry before we forgive them. We have to forgive them anyway. And this is exactly what Jesus did for us. Jesus has forgiven us. What we have to do is choose to receive the forgiveness we already have. This is, this is grace. This is the reconciliation of all things through the cross that, that, that scripture talks about. This is a God that says, yes, you've made mistakes. Yes, you have to face the consequences of those mistakes. Yes, you have to take responsibility for what you've done and commit to change. But I love you. You are welcome. You are, you belong. You're enough. You're part of my community. And that's revolutionary. <coughs> you have to excuse me, I've had a cough recently. But, um, this is revolutionary. It's, it's life-changing. It's, it presents a whole different perspective on the Christian faith. Because it's not about keeping a set of rules anymore, it's about living a certain kind of way. And yeah, we'll all make mistakes and bad choices, but you face the consequences of them, you take responsibility for them, and you choose to live differently. And you know that you are already enough. That God's opinion of you has not changed. And that God is not going to punish you. God just, God doesn't condemn you, he welcomes you, and he challenges you to go and sin no more, to change, to, that's what repentance is, it's turning around and doing things differently. And God doesn't wait for us to repent in order to forgive us, I'm going to talk about this in other podcasts as well. We're already forgiven, we just have to receive that forgiveness. Because God is a good father. He's not a bad father. God is not a father who makes us keep a set of rules and then punishes us and tortures us if we don't keep to them. That's that's just dual thinking. And we're going to talk about dual thinking and non-dual thinking. But this is the either or things, like either one or the other. Either you're in or you're out. God isn't like that. God is about the both and. So all of us, we all belong. We're all included. We're all welcome. Wherever we are, whatever we've done, whatever our background, the only choice we have is whether we say yes to the forgiveness that we already have and receive it, or to choose not to receive it and to choose, basically to choose hell for ourselves. Because hell is hell, I don't believe is God. Hell is not God punishing us. It's it's us choosing to be disconnected from God. 
And it's a choice that we make. Because God offers us, offers us love and forgiveness and acceptance and inclusion and welcome and belonging. Unconditionally. All we have to do is say yes. And it doesn't make it easy. doesn't mean it's all simple and nice and happy ever after. It's a process. It's hard work. There's consequences. There's tough choices. It's a battle. It's a day-by-day choice that we have to make sometimes. Sometimes we don't get it right. Sometimes we don't make that choice. Sometimes we have to go back to the beginning and start again. Sometimes it's two steps forward and one steps back. But we're making that progress. Instead of punishing ourselves because we think God wants to punish us, getting disheartened, feeling like rubbish, feeling like God doesn't love us, and getting despondent, or even being in fear of God. Because the fear of the Lord is not the terror of the Lord. It's not being terrified of what God will do if we don't get things right. That's the fear, that, that kind of fear is the fear you have of an abusive father or abusive parent. The fear of the Lord for me is simply recognising how little we know of God. How little we understand. How little we comprehend of how big his love and his grace and his mercy and forgiveness are. It's that wonder, that awe, that wow. And we should never seek to presume we know what God's decided about somebody. Or what God thinks of somebody. And we should never give the impression that if you don't meet the meet God's rules, then you're not you don't get in, you're not included, you're not enough. Because we all like to set our own a lot of Christians like to set their own standards of Who's in and who's out. And that's just totally wrong. Because first we're not God. And second. I think it misunderstands what the Bible is. And again we'll talk about that in another podcast. The Bible is. A library. It's a library of books written over time. By people encountering God. In different cultures. At different times. In different contexts. With different motives. Written, writing to different audiences. And there's lots of eternal truth in there. But we also have to recognise what it is. God is bigger than the Bible. I'll probably say this again. God is much bigger than the Bible. If we think the Bible is all we know, we, we have to know about God, then we're limiting God. God is bigger than the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. And it's God breathed. I believe that. But I also believe that God is bigger than the Bible. Just as God is bigger than the church. God is big and mysterious and unseen. And there's so much more to know. So many more questions we have to ask. That's why it's important to ask questions. To question God. To doubt. To explore. To go for the unseen. To explore mystery. To go with, to look at the mystics. To spend time contemplating. Spend lots of time in devotional, quiet prayer to try and go deeper with God rather than just going bigger with God. 
and more religious with God, to go deeper. Because we find, because there's always going to be more to find out. And that's exciting. That's why I love where, what my, my spiritual war right now, because I'm reading all these books and I'm learning all this new stuff, and I'm realising that God is so much bigger than I ever imagined, and that I'll always have more to learn about him. There will always be new things. If I'm still alive in 100 years, which I won't be, but even if I was, there'd still be new things. And God will still be doing new things and make and expanding our vision of him. He is this big, awesome, wondrous God of infinite and unconditional love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And he is a good father. Who says, you take responsibility for what you've done. You face the consequences of what you've done. I just choose to live differently. I still love you. I still accept you. You're still forgiven. You're still loved. And I will not punish you. Just take responsibility for what you've done and choose to live a different life. The life that I made you to live. That's the good father. The Christian church needs to lay down this outdated impression of God. As someone who's just waiting to torture us. He wants us to keep to a set of rules and beliefs. And it's big to go to this bigger, deeper impression of God who is well not impression of God but God Himself, who is infinite and beyond our understanding and beyond our imagination and beyond our knowledge and beyond our experience and deeper, and who has unconditional love, grace, mercy and forgiveness for all of us if we only choose to receive it. And he welcomes us even in the midst of our brokenness and our failure and our mistakes and our screw-ups and just loves us. And at the same time challenges us to change and live a transformed life. That's the good father. So let's choose to believe in him today. Let's talk soon. Take care.